0: President Obama speaks out on cybersecurity problems plaguing the U.S. government and the NIST Cybersecurity Framework as a communications tool. These stories and more coming up on the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro. We start off with President Obama expressing concerns over the U.S. government securing its IT. Speaking at a news conference, Obama responded to a question regarding the Justice Department's investigation of Democratic Party presumptive presidential nominee Hillary Clinton's use of a personal email server while serving as Secretary of State. The questioner raised FBI Director James Comey's contention that a hostile actor might have gained access to Clinton's emails and that evidence exists she was extremely careless in handling very sensitive, highly classified information. As the questioner pointed out, the president in the past suggested the government overclassifies information and wondered if some of the classified information Clinton exchanged with others was an example of overclassification. Obama didn't directly comment on Clinton, saying it would be inappropriate for him to second guess or comment extensively on the conclusion the Justice Department arrived in not prosecuting Clinton.
1: But he said, There are legitimate concerns around how information travels in the State Department. Uh, It has to do with the volumes of information that are now being uh, transmitted, who has access to them, concerns about cyber attacks and cybersecurity.
0: Obama said it's a problem not just at the State Department.
1: I'm concerned about this throughout the government generally. Uh, And I don't think we have it perfectly solved. Uh, I think we're going to have to do better and uh, uh, learn from uh, mistakes. You know, we know we've had hacking in the White House, and how people handle information, uh, the the precautionary steps that are taken, all those things uh, are being examined thoroughly, uh, and I think it'll be a work in progress over time.
0: Obama has just over half a year left in office, and I doubt this will be the last we'll hear him speak about cybersecurity. Hey, where's the yeah. thief? I don't think there's anybody back there. You want something better. You're Wendy's kind of people. That's the great-grandmotherly actress Clara Peller from a 1984 Wendy's commercial. But now the question is not where's the beef, but where's the breach? In January, Wendy's announced it was investigating a data breach that continues to haunt some customers. To bring us up to date, I'm joined by ISMG Managing Editor for Security and Technology, Jeremy Kirk. Hi, Jeremy.
1: Hi, Eric. What's the status of the breach? Wendy's said the breach was far larger than it initially estimated. It said earlier this year that it thought it affected 300 franchisees' restaurants, but actually it affected more than 1,025. What Wendy's has done is put up an online tool where people can check if they visited a restaurant that was affected by the breach. How was uh, Wendy's compromised? Wendy's was compromised by a malware attack and basically what happened is that their point of sale system which is the electronic cash registers that they use to process transactions was infected with malware. They said a third party had access to their systems and that the attackers installed the malware through that third party. They haven't identified the third party, but this apparently affected an older style POS system that Wendy's is using. Wendy's has been upgrading to NCR Aloha POS for several years, and they've been pushing franchisees to install this system. But apparently it only affected this old system that they were using, which they did not describe. Do they know if the breach continues? They said that the malware was removed in mid-June, so if you go to the online tool, and I did this for a few locations in California and New York, and looked at some restaurants, and the scope of the exposure went as late as June 10th. Wendy's fought a pretty long battle. You know, they initially got a clue that there was an intrusion in January. It wasn't until May, until they acknowledged a breach. I spoke with Bob Bertini, who's a Wendy's spokesman, and he said that the company was affected by two waves of malware. The initial malware, they discovered around may and then they realized that this went far deeper from may to june they had to wage another battle to get them out of these all of these other systems belonging to these 700 or so franchisees that were affected Two breaches. Is that unusual? Aviva Leiton, who's a financial fraud expert who works with Gartner, said it's not really a surprise that Wendy's was compromised a second time because oftentimes these cyber criminals don't really leave many traces of their activities. But it does point to the fact that Wendy's probably wasn't auditing and monitoring the systems enough, which is why the breach went on for so long. We've seen a lot of large
0: breaches recently. Are there any similarities between what happened at Wendy's and maybe some of these other companies?
1: Wendy's was compromised in essentially the same manner that Target was. Target was compromised through a third-party contractor that had access to its systems, and Wendy's says that the same thing happened to it. So if there's a lesson to be learned is that large companies should be very aware about suppliers or any other sort of organizations that have access to their systems because that may represent a real weak point.
0: Okay, well, thanks, Jeremy.
1: Thank you very much, Eric. You're listening to
0: the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. The Obama administration's Cybersecurity Framework has been around for a couple of years. Developed under the auspices of the National Institute of Standards and Technology, the framework is proving to be a tool that goes beyond helping enterprises, especially those operating critical infrastructure, to secure their information assets. The Cyber Security Framework is a tool that fosters communications among various stakeholders, such as IT security practitioners and business executives. A few weeks back, we posted an interview with Matt Barrett. He's a program manager at NIST, overseeing the Cybersecurity Framework. In that interview, Barrett explained of coming changes to the framework. Today, we will pick up our conversation. I asked Barrett, What does NIST envision for the Cybersecurity
2: Framework? What we hope is to drive a heartier dialogue a more precise dialogue. When I say more precise, one where we're not accidentally talking past one another, where we truly understand what each other is saying in regards to cybersecurity.
0: As so it seems one of the core values of the cybersecurity framework is to improve communications among its various constituencies.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I liken the cybersecurity framework core, I use a nerdy word, I call it a taxonomy, but the reason I refer to it that way is, here's a taxonomy that anybody who's taken a biology class will remember, the plant and animal taxonomy, kingdom, phylum, family order, class, genus, species, right, the seven-layer model. When I say canine and when I say feline, I bet we don't have to communicate any further for you to intuit Well, here are some properties that those classes of animals have in common, and here are some properties that they have that are different. And in some ways, framework endeavors to be the same sort of thing relative to cybersecurity outcomes.
0: Has NIST developed new terminology to enhance communications amongst stakeholders?
2: That's an interesting question because one dimension, one design criteria, if you will, of framework was, We purposely tried to pick words that weren't novel, that were in practice in the industry. Asset management is an example. Asset management well used in cybersecurity circles. But by virtue of bringing the core of framework up to those five functions, identify, protect, detect, respond, and recover, we gave a vocabulary that was applicable for broader risk management, not just cybersecurity risk management, which brought that discussion, elevated that discussion in an organization enough that the HR person and the legal person and the cyber person can all understand, well, wait a second, when I say asset, when you say asset, when you say asset, hey, we all had different definitions. So it's driving that discussion, too.
0: Finally. What's the best way to get banks that have been hacked to come clean and share information about their attackers, tools, and techniques? Data Breach Today editor Matt Schwartz says, to start, make the hacked bank an offer of expert assistance that they can't afford to refuse. That seems to be part of the impetus behind interbank messaging network SWIFT, creating an internal digital forensic and customer security intelligence team. SWIFT is contracting with cybersecurity specialist BAE Systems and Fox IT to assist. The program is a reaction to persistent security criticisms leveled at SWIFT in the wake of the $81 million heist from Bangladesh Bank earlier this year. In that case, attackers employed fraudulent SWIFT messages to drain funds from the bank's Federal Reserve of New York account. According to Schwartz, SWIFT will help hack banks investigate intrusions and fraudulent SWIFT transfers as well as share attack-related intelligence anonymously with other banks. Swift promises to share anonymized attack-related intelligence, not just with its 11,000 bank customers, but also with oversight bodies, information sharing and analysis centers, as well as other digital forensic investigation firms. That's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Eric Chabro. Catch you next time.